Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Our Heart for Teaching. Today, I'm excited to bring Lakesia Brennan on the show. Lakesia is a high school English teacher in Columbia, South Carolina. She has been teaching for nine years, but has worked at an elementary school in the front office while she completed her master's degree. Lakesia received her undergraduate degree in English with a minor in communication from Columbia College in Columbia, South Carolina. She received her master's degree in secondary education from University of Phoenix and then received a second master's degree in educational administration from the University of South Carolina. Lakesia is in the process of starting a networking group of women who are interested in holding a position of leadership in education, such as administration, instructional coaching, or consultant. Her mission for the group is to create safe spaces for women that provide and promote networking, enable women to share ideas, accomplishments, and the challenges of education while voicing their concerns and collaborating to create interventions and programs to address the needs of students. The values of the group is to be a place of positivity and to encourage and uplift each other. Their goals are to promote ways for women's voices to be heard as it relates to presenting at conferences, appearing on educational podcasts, and more, to increase the number of women and women of color in leadership positions, to match teachers with mentors, to share job opportunities as they arise, and to grow beyond Columbia and South Carolina to grow across the nation. Thank you once again for joining us for this episode of Our Heart for Teaching. Without further ado, please welcome Ms. Lakesia Brennan. Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Heart for Teaching this morning. I am so excited to bring you our next guest, Lakesia Brennan. Welcome, Lakesia. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do in the field of education. Uh, my name is Lakesia Brennan. As you introduce myself, I am a high school English teacher. I am from the great state of South Carolina. I am currently this school year teaching at my alma mater. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, this will be my 10th year in teaching. Um, when I started in education, I started out as a database specialist where I did registration, where I was like a receptionist, where I did attendance. So I kind of, I feel like, you know, a lot of people like to say, oh my gosh, you worked in like every aspect of education. So that's where I kind of started, you know, my role into education, you know, just being um, surrounded by what it takes to run a school, how all these moving pieces work together. And then in that position, I found my love for education. Here I am as an English teacher, again, in my 10th year of teaching high school English. Well, congratulations. 10 Thank years you. is awesome. Does it feel like 10 years? It doesn't. You know, sometimes when the school year starts, each school year starts, I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like the first year teacher all over again. Um, I think over the years, um, not that my passion has died, but, you know, like when you kind of get acclimated to like, I create this wonderful lesson and does it work out or maybe it doesn't and it's like sometimes I remember having a little bit of fire where I was like so creative and now you know 10 years ago the kids that we were teaching 10 years ago are not the kids that we're teaching today so I kind of find myself like you know how do you engage them like they don't like the color and you know I'm all like hey let's color let's you know make this let's be creative and the kids are like ah, color it's like so elementary -ish. so <laughs> I kind of like shied away from like you know 
I remember teaching and wanting to create these wonderful assignments where kids like have so much creativity. And then it was like, when I was pulling it out of them, I was just like, hey, let's go back to the drawing board and let's try this again, you know? So I try not to sometimes be as adventurous, but I do take risks just a little bit more technology savvy versus, you know, getting down to the paper and pencil. Let's do a project. Let's use construction paper and cut things out kind of Oh, deal. goodness. Yes, those can be interesting, <laughs> pulling them <laughs> out. Nice. And I love the high school perspective. High school, I know, is fun. Um, I've heard about high school. I stay in junior high world, but I hear high school is like junior high, but better. So. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> awesome. Well, I always like to ask my guests about what it was like when you were a student in school, because obviously now you've made your way back to education and how exciting for you to teach at your alma mater. That's awesome. So was school amazing experience for you when you were younger? Did you have your struggles? Like, what was it like for you? When I think back, um, elementary school, I think was pretty like a, like I would envision like a standard elementary school style being, um, I ended up going to two elementary schools that were in the same area, but as you know, schools expand, you know, you move, you end up going to, but I was in the same district. Um, I've really had like a good experience. I can't think of a time where it was like a bad experience where I was like, oh my God, like elementary school, you know, you hear kids now being bullied in elementary school. You know, I remember like having like little instances, but nothing that I felt like, you know, changed who I was or altered who I was in this way. I think I thoroughly loved middle school. And I know some people were like, oh my God, like, you know, in some people's world is like, you're learning who you are and trying to find yourself. And like some people's like, I hate it. I was going through hormones and it was awful. I absolutely loved middle school. And I think it was because I became active. I played volleyball. I was a cheerleader. I was in any club, you know, I had a good group of friends, so I thoroughly enjoyed middle school. Then my eighth grade year, the middle of my eighth grade year, I moved, physically moved to another um, district as far as like where I lived, but I was able to finish out my eighth grade year at this middle school. Nice. But then I ended up going to the high school that I went to and just knowing that I wasn't going to go to the same kid, go to school with the same kids that I grew up with from elementary to you know eighth grade I was just like oh my gosh this is going to be a new experience it was a different district and I was like you know this could be a blessing and a curse so when I went to high school I it was a culture shock I went from a predominantly black school to a predominantly white school um and I didn't play sports because I was trying to get acclimated to the area and I remember just sitting in class it was sitting in class with kids that like, again, knew each other, like I knew my friends, you know, they have went from elementary to, you know, middle school together, now they're here in high school, and I remember there were so many things that the kids knew that I didn't know, and I was like, how am I going to measure up to being, you know, like these kids, and, um, and I don't know if it has anything, you know, you go to different districts, different districts, you know, expectations might be different, you know, how they go about, you know, teaching their students could be different, you know, so the school that I went to is considered a better school district in the area where I live. And so I was just like, oh, my goodness, this is real. And so I think a lot of times I identify with those students that I work with, where it's like they went to a completely different school or, you know, they're just like, there's just so many things they feel like they didn't learn at their middle school. And so here they are in ninth grade and it's like, 
I have three feet of middle schools from where, you know, I teach it. And it's like, well, we didn't learn this, but we did. And I mean, we kind of touched on it, but not really. And so I remember just being like, how do I find out who I am in this new environment? And so um, I just immersed myself in all kinds of clubs. Like I was like, I was a part of FBLA and I was a part of DECA. And I was like, anything that involved whatever, like, how can I just build a sense of community where I was able to be myself and find friends and make friends. So I thoroughly, I mean, I enjoyed high school. It's not one of those, I was like, I did everything and I want to go back to high school. I wouldn't say that, but it was a good experience. So now that I'm going back to, so I taught in the same district where I went to elementary and middle school. In, and so now I will be teaching at the high school that I went to. So it's kind of like coming full circle, you know, for me. So um, when I think about what has pushed me to become, I want to be an administrator. So I do want to move into admin as soon as possible. Um, <laughs> however, I realized that one of the things that pushed me to be an administrator was what are what were things that I felt like I needed as a teacher that I wasn't getting? And then I feel like in my role as being this aspiring administrator, I want to be everything that I knew I needed but didn't have. So when I think about me being a teacher, I can't speak poorly on any teacher that I ever had. Like, I think I've always had great experiences. But when I think about who I am to my teachers, who I am to my students now, I'm like, oh, that's the kind of teacher I needed but didn't have, you know, kind of thing. And it's like you don't really know that you need anything until it's like, hmm. When you actually it. get it, yeah. Right. So, um, but all in all, um, I can't say I've always loved to learn I think that was something that my parents always instilled in me they were always in school you know so it was just kind of like school is what we do kind of thing so um, it's always been a great experience I love that and I always enjoy asking teachers that because usually you either get the oh it was wonderful or the oh it was horrible <laughs> um, so I like hearing both sides of it and I also like your story because you said something that really resonated with me is when you had to move at a really critical year you moved your freshman year which is a really powerful year to move yes. and the culture shock of this isn't like where I'm at you know and the education side of it where we didn't do this like mm -hmm. y'all are above me like and I feel that so powerfully because I moved my senior year which really sucked <laughs> and I moved from we moved from Louisiana all the way to Texas and that's like a whole different education system so right. I feel that and it's like I I actually had to drop some of my classes because it's like oh my god I'm so far behind what y'all are at I can't even keep up which was hard for me being an honor student and having to drop a class like you just don't do that but um I think that's important for teachers to hear and remember too because coming into this school year we'll probably have other students who are experiencing the same thing right. and that's not something we normally think about probably mm -hmm. um, I know that that's not on the forefront of my mind of asking but that is a huge thing especially if the kids don't just straight out say you know hey uh I'm new here and I, I don't know this like so that's something to keep in mind especially just reflecting on your story and thinking back on my own like it's huge when you when you do end up moving and you're in that culture shock and the 
the difference in learning. So thank you for sharing that story because that's something not everybody shares. Um, Let's go into a little bit more about your purpose. And I know you're heading toward administration and I love that you're constantly thinking about your perspective about, you know, this is what it was like as a student. And now you have, this is what it's like as a teacher. So let's backtrack just slightly. What even made you want to enter the field of education and I know you've come full circle and you're working on completing that by going into admin soon hopefully for you um talk to us about how you decided to go from okay now I'm a student now I want to go back into education so when I graduated from college I just had a major in English like education was not on the radar and um I think I thought at one point I thought I wanted to be a lawyer I thought I wanted to be a journalist like those are just things that interest me at that time and so I I just needed a job out of college and um, I found out like my dad had worked for the school district and you know human resources and he was like hey they're hiring like just get a job just get your foot in the door try (laughs) something you'll figure it out I was like hey no problem so working as a database specialist who does registration and attendance at this elementary school um, I was just talking to some people and I was like they were like what do you want to do and I was like hey you know I had started my master's degree and health and human services, I thought I wanted to open a nonprofit organization to help felons who have like minor offenses um, have a second chance at a career path. Um, I think just in my experiences in life, I had met people who were like in this revolving door of just doing wrong things, but you know, just trying to get on the right track. And like, it's like, well, I can't find a job now. I can't do this now. And I was like, hey, if I could be that gap, you know, help kind of you know, make sure, you know, how, what job skills can I teach you? How can I help you write a resume? How can I, you know, help you get your GED if you didn't, you know, get your high school right. diploma? And, you know, just to kind of be that bridge between the felon and these jobs. And somebody was like, well, what if you kind of help them, you know, before they get to that point, like, you know, to stop them before they make those poor choices or those bad decisions or those altering, you know, events that, you know, or events that can alter their lives. And so I was like, hey, you know, that sounds like a great idea. And so I was like, I had that summer of my first year working at the school, I was an instructional assistant for a summer program. And I was like, oh, this is fun. Like I got to play with the kids. We got to do this, we got to learn. And I was like, I can do this. And so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna you know, change my major. I'm gonna go into education. But working with elementary school kids, I knew I did not wanna teach elementary. Not that I didn't love them, but I was like, you know, I think I want to work with, you know, older kids because again, it's about those making those, you know, decisions when you're older yes. that can lead to these things. And so um, I decided to go ahead and do secondary education. And my t- while in my program, the principal that I worked for would let me tutor kids. She would let me work during the summer. So I was just always involved in, you know, what it takes to run a school, what this looks like from the teacher's perspective. I always enjoy going into the teacher's classrooms and just hanging out with the kids and working with our parent educator. Like, those were all those things. And so it just kind of fell into my lap, you know, like that. So um, that kind of is what got me into education. And I think after about my third or fourth year teaching, I was like, admin is where I want to be. And I know that's what my goal is. And um, I got my admin degree four years ago, going on five years ago. And I was like, but I didn't want to miss the classroom. So I knew I had to work until I was like, this is it, you know, I'm ready. So that's where I am now at the point where I'm ready. But wanting to open up a nonprofit organization is what kind of sparked my interest into um, just talking to people. And they, again, they just generated that idea of help them before they get to that point. And so here I am. I think that's amazing. And 
you know, I was very sheltered growing up, so I didn't see a lot of that. But then being in the classroom and watching these kids that some of them, that's all they see. So some of them are just like, well, it doesn't matter what I do because I'm just going to end up doing something dumb and going to jail. And like, it's like, no kid, you have like all this potential and this purpose. Like it's a huge mission. And like, I'm sure you've brought that into your teaching with your high schoolers. Mm -hmm. Um, So what kind of Um, vision do you have for when you switch over into administration what do you really want to be able to do for your schools for those kids and then also for the teachers because now you'll not just be taking care of the kids but the teachers as well and in a grander scale because you'll have all of them to take care of so what's your purpose there so my purpose there is I guess in broadly put I just want to be everything that I felt that I needed as a student as a teacher you know as a teacher and to be that and so when I say that it's kind of like I think I've been in I worked in a leadership where it was like my opinion was valued and then times where it wasn't it's times where I like but you know everybody always says that the administrator like you don't know until you're in that role this sounds easy as a teacher but you just don't know and so I think um I think there's times where I probably felt like I wasn't appreciated or I didn't feel like I was supported and I didn't feel like I was heard I didn't feel like I was seen or that I was valued and so I felt I think I felt like that as a student at some point you know it's kind of like I'm telling my teacher like I can't do this assignment because this is what's going on and the teacher is like no this is a deadline this is it and we're doing it and so I think um I want to be everything that I feel like I need currently as a teacher and what I felt like I needed you know in my journey um I think is also important. So I don't want to just put teachers in the forefront. I think teachers and students equally matter just as much. I think I'm not saying there's not a hard, you know, balance, but I think it can't be done. Um, I think about just wanting to um, give students, you know, to find the resources, how we can engage all students. It doesn't matter where you're at, um, you know, whether you're a high achieving student or you're like, I'm just at the bottom of the barrel and I can't seem to get it. Um, I just want to find anything that I can do, resources, come up with ideas, programs to help all students, no matter where we are, but to meet kids where they are and to put, you know, push them to where they need to be, um, to make every student feel like they have a purpose and that they have a voice and their voice can be heard. Um, my friend always came up with a phrase, um, to you know to feel safe seen and supported and I like have taken that phrase and I feel like that as a teacher and I make sure that when I talk to my fellow teachers I want them to feel safe in this space I want them to feel like I see them as a colleague and we can work together and whatever you're dealing with we can you know when it comes to your classroom like we can work through this together and to feel supported like if you got this idea and you want to do no matter how crazy I think it might be like I want to be there to root you on and if it fails I want to be able to also pick you up but if it works out great like I want you to receive all the credit for all the great things that you know this you know event or program or initiative has done even as a student like I uh, it's important for me to create a safe space for my students. I want them to feel heard. I want them to feel seen. I want them to feel supported. So if a student comes to me and is like, hey, Ms. Brennan, like, is it, like my students always tell me, is there a right or wrong answer? And I always tell them, hmm, you know, maybe, maybe not. Like convince me and we can see, you know. So sometimes I'm like, all right, now if the topic is okay, so you talk about a dog, like that's not right. However, you know, if you can convince me, give me the facts, back it up, prove, you know, prove it, then, you know, maybe not. Maybe you can help me see things from a different perspective, but it makes sense as long as the, you know, dots are connected. So um, 
but you know, creating a safe space, making them feel seen. If there's nothing that I do in my classroom on a daily basis, is that I talk to all of my kids. And my, you know, students or my, you know, colleagues can ask me like, "What do you know about your students?" And when I tell you, I know everything. I know everything. I get to, you know, I get to know them and who they are. They're they're people, and I mean, I'm intrigued about you know what they want to do. And sometimes they surprise you all the time. And so, even with my colleagues, I think a lot of times it's like. I see my colleagues holding on to ideas and I'm like, let's do it. Let's try it. Like what's the worst that can happen? Like the kids are in essence are guinea pigs and we're doing things that's like going to help them and benefit them. So how can we do that? And so um, I definitely stick to the phrase of being um, a safe space to be seen, to be supported. And I've just been in a leadership where I probably feel all of those things are none of those things. And I was like, how can I, you know, I want teachers to feel like if I was an administrator to feel like they could talk to me, to feel like I hear their ideas that I see the work that they do, whether it's big or whether it's small. Um, and to support them, whether it's on something small that only works for their classroom or something that can help us school-wide. And so um, I can't talk negatively about any leadership that I've had, but just in my along my journey in education, I've just seen little things where I'm like, if I was an administrator, you know, you always think about, I would do this differently. I would have done that differently. I would have thought about this. I would have asked teachers this before I made this decision. And so I know we don't always know as teachers all the moving parts and you know what information is pushed down to them that's pushed down from the superintendent that's pushed down from the school board. So, you know, things like that. But just being sure to, co to create a space that's safe to make sure everybody is seen and to make that they're supported in all capacities. I think that's a beautiful purpose and vision for both the classroom and moving forward. I love that you have that perspective. Like that's what I never want to lose is the perspective of like, I know what it's like in the trenches in my classroom every day. Like, and you have all these years of experience that are just going to like empower you as you move forward in your journey as well. And I love that you're empowering your students and that you know their stories and their voices because that makes such a huge, huge, huge difference. And how many of us struggle with that connection part because sometimes that's hard. Like, I just love that that's a part of your passion and your purpose and, and what you bring to the classroom. So thank you for that. So now I'd like to ask you about your advice for teachers because we know that school is hard especially pandemic living um and it's just like rocked our teacher world for the last two years um two and a half however many um and now going into this third full year pandemic like a lot of us are nervous and like great what's it going to be this year and we've seen how the students have changed so like what advice do you have for educators moving into this year and like how can they stay on their best a game I would say my advice would be flexible. Understand that things change and every day is not the same. And so, you know, I like that when, especially when I do interviews as a teacher, you know, it's always the interview where it's like, so if I was in your classroom, what would your classroom be like? And I'm like, hey, let me be honest. There's no cookie cutter. We do this every day, like kind of thing. Like you read the room, read the environment. When your kids come in that day, like, what is it like? Who are they feeling like the room has a feel you get what mood your students are in and some days it's going to be maybe we're going to benefit the most if we just have a big class discussion and then maybe the next day it's like 
everybody's attitude is not on the same page. So maybe we need to do some independent work today. So be flexible. Like, of course, obviously have a plan, but to be, you know, flexible, give yourself options of this is my plan for today. But if this doesn't work out or this doesn't go how I intended or conversation isn't really picking up, where do I move from there? Um, don't be afraid to take risks. Try anything. You're not going to hurt your, your students by trying this particular assignment or this particular activity. Go for it. Um, so be flexible, um, take risks. I would also say, enjoy what you're doing. Like I know the district has, these are the things that you need to do, but the kids aren't gonna learn if you're not enjoying what you're doing. So even if it's something that I may not enjoy reading as an English teacher, I always try to find the joy in what is gonna be fun today for me when I teach this to my kids. So maybe I may not like this story or this poem, but when we do this activity, this activity is gonna be fun. So always keep your joy in the front of your mind when you're doing each assignment with your kids because your kids are going to feel that. Your kids are going to feed off that. So um, be, you know, be mindful of, you know, where are you in your joy and presenting that to kids. Be a regular person with your kids. Like, yes, you feel like you're a teacher and you have to be this way, but you got to remember, like in life, if nobody likes you, your kids aren't going to like you. So be fun. You know, I don't think, you know, it's not that, you know, teachers couldn't have kids and they couldn't, you know, they couldn't date. They couldn't be married. Like, you know, we're not talking about that type of teacher. Like this 21st century teacher, be fun. Be who you are, you know, let them see you as a regular person. You got to be relatable. And even if we're, we grew up in two different environments, two different ways, we're surrounded by different things. Like, you can always find a way to connect with any and everybody, whether that's through music, whether that's through our favorite TV show, you know, so be relatable. Um, and I would probably say the last thing is, um, you know, show empathy. Um, we've always, we've been in our kids' shoes before. We've been a student and I've seen situations where students have been like, it's just that she just doesn't understand that he doesn't understand. And I'm like, you know what, I might, I don't probably don't know what it's like to be a kid in the 21st, like, you know, in the 2022. However, you know, 20 years ago, <laughs> I knew what it was like to be a student. And, you know, we didn't have social media then, but we have it now. And just teaching our kids to, you know, remember to make, you know, we don't want to be too teachy and too preachy. Like, you know, get on your kids level, see things from their perspective and where they are and you can learn so much and those connections are going to help you and help your students so you know just remember like to be empathetic to put yourself in your shoes so if a student does say like hey I need help on this like no matter what the reason is and we may not feel like it's a good reason if they say hey I need an extension if they say this is not it like accept it like if my students come to me and say Ms. Brenner, I just don't want to do this assignment I tell them okay all right, there's times I didn't want to do something. It's probably times I don't want to do something now. But, you know, if you don't want to do it, okay, but just understand the consequences that come with that. And not because I want to be mean and just throw out these consequences, but if I don't do my job, this is what happens. If I don't do this, this is what happens. So, you know, make a choice. Give them that autonomy to say, hey, you know what? Yeah, this might, assignment might not be it because in the headspace, I'm not there. But I know if I, when I do these next three, I'm going to do the right thing and I'm going to be on top of that. So, um, uh, uh, and the, like I said, if a student needs an extension, like there's no reason would that probably ever be good enough. You know, it could be like, 
you know, me and my boyfriend got into an argument. Like, you're like, so what? That happens every day. But like mentally, like you don't know where they are in their headspace. So I would be like, okay, you know what? Let me give you that extension and just know the expectation is this is what I expect for you to get it done. But, you know, sometimes I feel like teachers forget, you know, who they are. Um, I read a book by, in the process of reading a book by a um, author, his name is Chris Edelman. I do believe that's how his name is pronounced, but he has a book called Retrodemic. He's um, African-American author who was big in science. Like he's from Brooklyn, but he talks about how, you know, the culture of I guess kids use the term ratchet and it's like you have the stigma of who you are and then of course you put academicness to it and it's kind of like no matter where my environment is or how I grew up I could still be a smart individual and so he kind of put those words together but in the beginning of the book he talks about how teachers again need to be a person who are you like if nobody likes you in real life your kids aren't going to like you so don't forget to be a likable person a relatable person who people like, why do your friends like you? Be that person. So I'm not saying like, if y'all are hanging out on a weekend, don't be that person. But to be, you know, a person that has feelings that can be, that can be relatable. So I know that was a lot of advice, but I think those top five things could definitely. Be- no, I love it. Especially the part about just, you know, be you, be a human. Like I always, and I teach junior high, I'm like, y'all are many adults. Like I'm going to treat you like a person like you're not just some random you are an actual person with actual thoughts and feelings those are relevant just like mine are you know and like learning to live in that space especially while in my case they're figuring out who they are um you know and that empathy is huge because like you said we haven't been students for years right And I know in all of the professional developments that I present to other teachers, that's like one of my key things is like, now go back however many years it was since you were a student and remember what you felt like in that classroom. Right. Like, and that's how these kids feel too. Right. And then I also try to realize, like, I'm not raising my kid. I'm not raising my kid. So I you know, like how I talk to my son and what I expect from him might not that I wouldn't expect the same thing from because I treat my kids, my students like they're my kid. However, I, I've raised him for the past 12 years. I know what I've instilled in him. You know, I get you for this one school year, sometimes two, sometimes three. But like I, I can't put the expectations that I put on my son on you, but I can get you to in this year. I'm going to have high expectation on you, but you don't go home with me every day. So, you know, I can't put those same expectations on you. But the same thing is like, as a 35 year old, I can't expect you to think like a 35 year old. Like I need, like, you have to keep in your mind, like you're, you're teaching kids how to be productive citizens and to be the person that you want them to be in your classroom for these 180 days. It didn't take you 180 days to get to where you are at your age. So realize that you can't put your adult expectations on a kid and you can't put those same expectations on those students as you do your child at home. And so I think sometimes, you know, our, our experiences, you know, how we're raised, what our morals and our values are sometimes cloud, you know, who walks into our classroom and who we work next to, you know, or who we, you know, work with down the hall or who we see during lunch. And I think, a lot of times, you know, it's kind of like, you can just put those things, like put those things down, put them aside for a little bit and just 
take in what's happening in the moment. Who are you in, like, who are you interacting with? What can you learn about them in this time that you're with them? And, you know, kind of move from there, but don't put your expectations on the other people or, you know, accept people as they are. Trust me, kids show you who they are. As yeah. them. So trust who they are and just, you know, do what you can with what you have and just make each moment that you interact with them the best moment. So, you know, I, you know, it's oftentimes you'd be like, well, this student is good in my class, but they're bad in this teacher's class. And it's like, it's about how you approach them and how you see them. And, you know, if they feel like no matter what they say, you're not hearing it, you're always going to not catch, you're always going to not, you know, get on the same page. So I think sometimes if we just kind of lower, just bring down that wall <laughs> and mm-hmm. to see people who they are and the kind of assess the situation from there, then I think the world would be a better place. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. And lastly, Kesia, hopefully I said that right. Especially in the past few years, like we've come to an awareness of because teachers are famous for like going until we literally burn out. But lately we've really started to put that focus back on like we got to take care of ourselves too so that we can take care of the the smaller humans that we work with. Um, So you've talked about your advice for teachers. Now talk about like self-care. Like what do you do for your self-care, especially when it's like crazy and not the beginning of the year where we're hopefully going in refreshed and ready, but like where you're tired and you need that, just that break. What what are some strategies you use for self-care? Okay, this might be just backwards. And it's like, but you want to get away from education and school. Like, my kids give me my life. Like, they give me that fire. They give me the life to come into that classroom every day. Um, if I'm burnt out by anything, it's probably what the admin is telling me to do. But my kids really give me that fuel and that fire I need to come in every day and to give my 110 best to them they are my motivation so I can walk in there at eight o'clock in the morning and I'm like oh my god like how's the day gonna go and then it's like the first kid I'm seeing I'm like let's get this going so on the outside of that my kids are my motivation and the even the one that probably gives me the most headache he is still my motivation each day and so when it comes to self-care like I when I'm not immersed in the classroom, when I'm not immersed in education and something revolved, like this is the first summer I have not worked and I have been driving myself crazy. And I've just been like, get me back into school, get me back into school. But then it's like, when school gets ready to start, I'm like, oh my God, what am I gonna do? So what have I done this summer <laughs> to practice my self-care? Because I had to find a new way to, you know, balance myself and prepare myself for this. So just doing things that I love to do, like I, I love, I read. Um, I I have been on this whole completing filling crossword puzzles. <laughs> so like the filling ones, like they give you the word. Yes, I love those. So I have been on that. Um, of course, take a vacation. Um, watching Netflix, I would binge watch a TV show. No problem. Um, I'm trying to learn to meditate <laughs> just nice. and not like that whole sit in the closet for 30 minutes and 
complete silence. But you know, there's different forms of meditation, whether it's just sitting in a moment for five minutes or right. you know, just just trying to center my mind, um, working on things like that. But I think, you know, find out what you love. Find out things that, it, and it can be simple things. It doesn't have to be. If that means that that coffee in the morning is what helps you center yourself and become balanced and to give you that breath of fresh air that you need to take that sip of coffee and make that coffee in the morning and if it's just I take a step outside on my patio or my front porch and I breathe in this air it can be the simple things it doesn't have to be this grand exercise it doesn't have to be a pampering session I think just finding again going back to just finding those little moments of joy um I've been watching some things and being a part of things where it's always like you know remembering your inner child and sometimes your inner child is who you're really healing when you're going through these journeys in life personally. Mm-hmm. And so even professionally, because you think about who you were as a student, but um, just, you know, doing things that your inner child enjoyed doing. Um, and it can, I mean, if that means it's you playing a video game or if that means it's you, you know, having this imagination or writing a poem or journaling, like just find what your inner child enjoys and those little things you know, it doesn't, you know, I feel like those little things will make a difference. It doesn't have to be anything grand. It doesn't have to be something that you got to spend a lot of money on. You know, just if that means I take my jump rope and I go and I jump rope in my driveway for 10 minutes, that's what's going to, you know, give me my self-care, but just finding joy and then, you know, feel, feeding your inner child. That's awesome. Thank you for that advice. And lastly, how can our listeners get in touch with you if they want to get connected with you and maybe share some of their journey or ask advice because you are on both sides you know you have the teaching you have the admin you've seen the behind the scenes work um so if our listeners want to get connected with you what's the best way they can do that so right now the only thing that i have going on professionally is twitter so it's miss m s brennan b-r-e-n-n-a-n-e-d-u is my Twitter handle. And, you know, anybody can reach out to me here. Awesome. Thank you. And Twitter is a great resource to get connected and expand your, your professional learning network. Like just super get out there, get connected, listen to other teachers because it's very easy to get isolated within our own campuses. So please get connected on Twitter. And thank you so much, Lakesia, for taking the time this morning. And I appreciate, again, your patience with the tech issues that we had before we got to record. Thank you so much for having me. This is definitely like, you know, on my five-year plan and goals that I want to do. And so I am just so glad that I was able to be featured on your podcast. I love it. Thank you so much. You have been listening to Our Heart for Teaching, where we explore our purpose and our why in the field of education. If you would like more information or to share your own purpose in education, be sure to connect with me on Twitter at A Heart for Teaching. I look forward to hearing from you soon and please tune in to the next episode of Our Heart for Teaching.